This morning, what we're looking at is that it's time to serve. Now, serving is uh, an interesting phrase. When someone says to you the word serve or would you serve, I mean, I want you just to think for a moment what comes to your mind. What images are there? You're in church, so some of you are going, oh, well, that's Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Well, you've already looked at the scripture we're using this morning. Some of you might immediately think of a waiter or waitress in a restaurant, a hotel staff, grandma at Thanksgiving. There could be all kinds of images that come to your mind. And one of the problems with serving is we have so many images of it that often we get confused by it all. And I think sometimes also we have a tendency to think of serving a little bit like one of my all-time favorite TV characters. Very unappreciated or underappreciated character in the history of television. The character's name was Barney Fife. One of the greatest characters ever on television. Some of you need to go home and Google that because you have no idea who that is. He was a deputy to Sheriff Andy Taylor in Mayberry, North Carolina. On the Andy Griffith show. They were very clever in all their titles. Barney was the eager often bumbling, sidekick to the calm, thoughtful, down-home wisdom sheriff. But the reason I said many of us think of serving or treated a lot like Barney Fife is that one of the classic parts of his character was he carried a gun that had no bullets in it but he did carry a bullet in the pocket on his shirt. And if he ever needed to use his gun or thought he did, he had to unbutton the pocket, reach in, get the bullet, get it into the gun. And if he was excited, sometimes that did not go well. And the reason he had to do that is he was known to shoot things he shouldn't shoot including himself, whenever he fired. So Andy limited him to one bullet at a time and to not have the gun loaded. He was conserving the resources. I think a lot of us treat serving a lot like Barney Fife and his bullets. We tend to think we only have so much we can do We've got to keep it safely tucked away for the right moment. When in fact, we serve a God of unlimited resources. 
who provides us with limitless opportunities to serve. We don't need to keep anything tucked away. In fact, we need to just keep loading up and firing. Serving wherever we are. Now, Jesus gives us this classic example. And he even says, I'm being an example to you. So if you have your Bibles or you're looking at uh, your Bible on your devices in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, we're going to read the first 17 verses. They won't be the only scripture that we'll look at, but that's where we're going to start. So John 13, beginning at verse 1, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose up from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you at this time intend to wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who who has bathed does not need to wash except his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garments and resumed his place. And he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Look at verse 17 again. If you know these things, Blessed are you if you do them. And verse 15. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. The word example is the key. The word example means in essence a thing that is shown 
as a pattern to follow. Something that is shown to you as a pattern to follow. An example, you don't know how to fix something, so you go to YouTube and find a video of it. And you follow the example. It's following the directions that came with that. Yes, some of you aren't aware that there are any, but generally there are directions with everything we purchase. An example is something to be seen or experienced and then followed. Now, <clears throat> the interesting part of this is, example is the key word, and the key in the explanation of example is the follow. If an example is not followed, why study it? If you're simply looking at the example to gain knowledge, then you're not looking for an example. You just want a nice story to be able to tell or something to read, not a way to live. But Jesus said in verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And in verse 15, he said, I have given you an example that you should do likewise. An example, something to do. In other words, to serve. And we get hung up sometimes and think this means we should wash each other's feet. No, nothing inherently wrong with that. And there are foot washing ceremonies sometimes that can be very meaningful. But his point was not about washing the feet. That was the example. The point was to serve where there is a need. In that culture, nobody wore closed shoes or socks. The roads and the sidewalks were generally not paved. They were gravel or dirt. <coughs> so when you walked, your feet got dirty. And in most homes, there was a, a basin and a bowl and a towel set near the entrance for feet to be washed. And if the house had any servants at all, the lowest of the servants was given the job to wash the feet. Now, Jesus and all the disciples came. There was a basin, there was water, there was a bowl, there was a towel, but nobody washed any feet because none of them wanted to be the lowest. So instead, the one who was the highest lowered himself. That's the example. To serve where there is a need to serve, to reach out, to meet a need among those around you. Now, as we go through these next few minutes, <coughs> excuse me, you can be praying, I, I'm preaching with a cough drop in my mouth, so two things, one, that I, I don't cough, and, and two, that I don't swallow it while I talk. Um, I want you to look at this serving in three manners, three prongs. Think of serving three different ways to serve. One, serving God. And you can maybe say slash church because we talk about that as well. Serving through the ministry of the church. 
serving God. And everything we do should be of service to God wherever it is. But we also need to look at serving not just in church or in ministry settings, but to those outside, away from us, as we go. And also, not last, but the last one I'm mentioning, is we need to serve inside our own families. We could lower the divorce rate dramatically if we would learn to serve each other in our families. We could heal an awful lot of relationships in our families if we would take on the heart of a servant to each other. So think of those three as we go through these and let God speak to you on which of those he needs to. Now, why do we serve or why should we? <clears throat> Number one, because Jesus did. Verses four and five, he, he changed his posture. He changed his clothing, his appearance. And he took on the role of a servant because all of us are servants. He says over and over in Scripture that we should not lord ourselves over others. So this is another one of those examples. We should serve because Jesus did over and over and over. To serve others where there is a need. Secondly, we should serve because the needs are great. There are so many needs around us next to us, as well as around the world. The needs are great. In Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38, Jesus said that the fields are ripe to harvest, but pray because the workers are few. The needs are great, and there's all kinds of ways that we can serve in all kinds of areas. The needs are great. If you're not aware of that, You've been in a coma. I mean, if you just have your eyes open and open one ear, you're going to hear and see needs all around us, including in our own families, including sitting beside us in church sometimes, including the person who cut you off in traffic or zipped in and took the parking spot you were patiently waiting on. Wow, that one hurt. There are needs all around us. It's one reason we need to serve. Jesus did. The needs are great. And also, Jesus told us to. I mean, verse 15. I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done. That we should do the same as him. Now, we have a tendency to wait for the right opportunity. 
So we're confronting you with a whole bunch of opportunity out in the foyer today. But you're going to be confronted with other opportunities on your way home today. And after you get home. And tomorrow at work or the store. Or in the neighborhood or at the gym. The opportunities are there. The question is, will you serve? It's time to serve. Billy Graham one time said in one of his crusades, God has a difficult time guiding a rocket before it is launched. God has a difficult time guiding a rocket before it is launched. Get off the launching pad and guidance will come to you. In other words, start serving and God will guide you. We have a tendency to sit back and wait for the divine guidance. And God's going, there it is. It's already there. I've already shown you. It's all around you. Start serving. Start reaching out. Start touching others. Now, this isn't true for all of you. But the longer you've been in church, this is probably true. We often use planning as an excuse to not do something. Ooh. We often use planning as an excuse to not do something. Well, I can't do it yet because we're still planning. Now, planning is necessary in most cases. But at some point, if we don't implement the plans, why did we make the plans? What good are they? If you buy all the ingredients and have the recipe there, but never cook it, what good was it? God's provided everything we need. We've got more than one bullet. We don't have to keep it locked away. We need to serve. We also need to serve because when you serve, you will be blessed. It's guaranteed. In verse 17, Jesus said those very words. He said, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. He didn't say you're blessed if you know them. He said, if you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. I've quoted Bob Goff many times. He said, we stopped doing Bible studies and start doing Bible doings. Instead of just studying it, we started to do what we studied. It's necessary to study the Bible. But if we only study it to study it, so what? We're supposed to study it to do what it says. I should have provided band-aids today for all of the injuries that some of these words are inflicting. If they're not, you're not listening because it crushed me studying it. We should serve because we will be blessed. And here's the great news. Not only will you be blessed, but you'll be blessed over and over and over as you serve. Remember, not just in here, 
but out there and at home. Be blessed if you serve. Now, some of you are immediately going, well, let me tell you about the time that I served and, and I got cussed out. I didn't get blessed. Been there, done that. I was still blessed because I did what I was supposed to do. I'm not responsible for their reaction. One of the hardest things I've had to learn as a pastor is I'm not responsible for how you receive the word that I preach. Which is hard. But I am responsible to preach the word. You're not responsible for how they receive your service. But you are responsible to serve. Notice how quiet it is in here today. Wow, it's interesting. We need to serve because you can change the world by serving. Acts 2, that we looked at just recently, verses 42 to 47, after being filled with the Holy Spirit and serving in the power of the Holy Spirit, their world was changed. Not just where they were, but it extended far beyond them. The same is true of serving. When we serve, we can change our world. I'll give you one name as the prime example. Mother Teresa. A four-foot-something nun serving in Calcutta, in the slums of Calcutta, India, changed the world meeting one person's need at a time. If we serve, we can change our world. It changes us. It changes those we serve. Sometimes it takes a while, and that's not fun. But we can change the world, and it's worth it. We need to serve because the world is watching. They're looking to see what we're doing. They're looking to see what we will do. Verses 12 through 15, when Jesus had washed their feet, put on the outer garments, re resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. The disciples were looking around and going, oh my goodness. That's why Peter said, don't wash my feet. Not because his feet were clean. He didn't want to have to follow the example of washing other people's feet. Peter was ahead of the curve on this, actually. He was thinking ahead. It's like, wait a minute. If Jesus does this, then I'm going to have to do this. And I don't want to. At least he was honest. Now, don't miss this fact either. It's not part of this sermon, so this is free. Notice when it, early in that chapter... It mentioned Judas Iscariot. Judas is the one who betrayed Jesus. Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. And he still washed his feet. We're not called to only serve those who like us. 
or those we like. We're called to serve, period. <coughs> the world is watching to see how we handle that. We need to serve because also the world is waiting on us. Matthew 9, 37 and 38 again. The needs are great, but the workers are few. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone in any ministry position who's ever said, I have no idea what we're going to do with all the people who want to serve. I tried to think this week if I've ever been in a position to say that and <clears throat> granted, maybe my memory's not perfect, but I couldn't remember a setting. Oh, I, I could remember a setting for an incident where we were looking for five people and 10 people signed up. There were still things to be done. <clears throat> there were times when we went out into the community <clears throat> to serve and meet needs in the community just to show them that Jesus loves them. And we had more people show up than we counted on, but there were more needs, so we just did more things. I've never seen a situation where we were overrun in that way. The world is waiting. And don't miss this. You need to serve because at least after this morning, you now know that you're supposed to serve. You now have heard Jesus' words. Oh man, I knew I shouldn't have come this morning. And 12 people just shut me off online. You know. You've heard his words. This is the example, and you're supposed to do them. You'll be blessed if you do them. Not if you know them, but if you do them. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you serving the Lord? Are you serving in your family? Are you serving in your community? Who are you serving? Would they say you're serving? I'm going to twist Steve Shogren's words just a little bit and say, ready, set, serve. We usually say, ready, set, go. Well, that's what serve should be. Let's go. Because in case you haven't heard it before today, it's time. And it's time to serve. So now that you know, what will you do? Jesus, thank you. Lord, thank you for letting my voice get through this. Thank you for speaking clearly to me, and I pray that your spirit has spoken clearly to others as well. Lord, thank you for so many who do serve all over the place. Lord, help me to be a better servant to you and my church. 
to Jody and my family, to my neighbors and my community. And Lord, may we be overrun with servants. Help us to look for ways to serve others. We don't need the big project to start with. Just help someone, somewhere, because Jesus loves them. Lord, guide us as we go this week, because it's time to serve. Amen.